Your property podcast comes to you with thanks to our friends at Trafalgar Square Finance, leading independent specialists in mortgages and all types of property finance. Whether it's buy-to-let, development or bridging finance, Trafalgar Square can help you organise your funding for your next property project. Exclusively to listeners of Your Property Podcast, Trafalgar Square offer a free one-to-one consultation. So whether you are a portfolio landlord looking to raise funds on your existing portfolio, or if you're just starting out and want to find out if you are eligible for a buy-to-let mortgage, Trafalgar Square Finance can help. It's easy to book with one of their experienced consultants by simply visiting yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash finance. You can find this link in the show notes for more details. Hello and welcome to Your Property Podcast. Today is the 14th of March 2022 and my name is Michelle Cairns, your host for today. With us we have got John Howard. Hi John. Good morning. Good morning. You're on the ball. First thing. Very good. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, it's absolute. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on with us today. Um, before we get into it, I'm just going to give people a bit of an overview about yourself because uh, you are probably one of the most interesting guests that we have had on because you've got um, such a range of experience and um, you know I know you from the property world but actually when I was doing some research for this uh, interview you know I uncovered all sorts of things Um, so just to give people a bit of a flavour at the age of 25 you became one of the youngest directors of a football league when you joined Cambridge United FC and where you stayed for 18 years Um, After that, in 2007, you called the top of the market and instead of uh, making some purchases there, the top of the market, you decided to train racehorses. Um, And then in 2009, you came back and re-entered the market and invested with your long-term business partner into Auction House UK. Um, And then if we fast forward to today, people uh, are probably familiar with you because you're on uh, the Sky TV, uh, Sky 189 channel, Property TV Question Time where you are also a panel on the uh, property elevator as well. So in your spare time, you're, you're now writing books. Uh, I heard that you were writing your latest book over Christmas um, because you, you're not a fan of Christmas. So let's dive in there. What, why aren't you a fan of Christmas? Well, well, first of all, Michelle, you give me such a big builder. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled by that, but also I'm under serious pressure to perform this morning now, aren't I? So, um, Oh, I forgot to Where mention. Well. Oh, um, I forgot to mention the four thousand property transactions that you've done uh, in the in the last forty three years. Sorry, that that was a little bit of miss there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, and I'm still and I'm still going strong. Um, yeah. The yeah yeah, and, and also obviously I've got the property graduate show where we 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 fund a million pounds worth of um, a, a deal to someone who who wins the show and we split the profit 50-50. But um, going back to um, where were we? Christmas. Yeah, well, I, I never really liked Christmas because. I like I, I like dealing. You know, yes. I'm 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 an I would say I'm a natural property dealer. Uh, I mean, I'm a developer, and obviously I've developed a lot of properties. But half the time, properties because if you buy if you buy right, if you pay the right money for a deal, you've got a number of choices. You can either sell it on straight away, trade it on, as we call it, or you can develop it or, or, and, and rental, develop it and sell it. So actually, normally I have a hopefully if I pay the right money, um, that's cheap. 
in other yeah. people's terms, um, then I've got an option. And sometimes the option is to trade is to trade it out. So Christmas time is boring for me because I've got no one to play with. Every, every, <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone's got Christmas on their mind and don't talk to me about solicitors at Christmas. It drives yeah. me nuts. They give up on about, my birthday is the 14th of December. And most of them give up on the 14th of December, oh, no. in my view, yeah. uh, and don't come back until about the 14th of January. And yeah. just like builders, it drives me insane. <laughs> Every year, my wife says to me, oh, you know, you said you're going to get four deals through before Christmas. How many, how many did you get through? One. You know, I mean, it's pathetic. Yeah. Uh, I still managed to buy a Christmas present on me, though, with the, with the proceeds. So we're OK. <laughs> that's good that's good um well you know the, this book that you're writing about the uh is about the commercial property am i right yeah so so i so i spent this last christmas um uh, writing a book on commercial property because people think i, I I'm, I'm a bit of a one-trick pony with residential and to be honest with you i've done a lot of lot of commercial um property deals and and um i mean even cambridge united where i after 18 years i bought the ground with my partner um, and, and let it back to the um, leased it back to the to the to the, the club for fifty years. That you know that's a commercial property, obviously commercial. So um, yeah, so I've done a lot of commercial, uh, and I believe commercial at the moment it, it, it's a fascinating time for commercial property. Great opportunities in there. There is a property recession in the commercial market, definitely, and you can take advantage of that. And that's why also I've started. Um, um, I do some seminars and I'm doing a new seminar this year, which is on commercial property, because it, I just think it's such an important aspect of, of the property industry. Why do you think it's so fascinating at the moment? You say it's in recession. Um, and why is that a good opportunity for in investors? <clears throat> well, I mean, at the moment you can buy, uh, I mean, certainly in high streets in the UK, everything's changing. The market is, you know, high streets are evolving. They're not going to disappear. They're evolving. Uh, and, uh, what's happening is you know you can buy <clears throat> what you'd pay a million for a million pounds for 10 years ago you can buy for five hundred thousand today or less you know i'm just buying a an ex argos store the bigger the better to be honest with you in that respect in terms of discount but i'm buying, buying an argos store with with um upper floors in reasonable condition for 38 pounds a foot that's wow. 38 pounds in a decent town wow. 38 pounds a foot i mean it will cost you more than 200 200 pounds a foot to build it um the only slight problem because you've got empty rates while it sits there which yeah. is can be quite expensive <laughs> yeah. um, however if it's listed and this one isn't but if it was listed there's no rates right so that does help yeah so i mean you know you're talking about big big projects there you know with the argos and the football club was that your biggest project no, no. My biggest project probably was when I bought 360 flats in West Brom in 1991. Um, we, we developed two of the blocks, tower blocks, refurbished them and sold them off. Um, and the third, the third one, the property recession came and I've survived three recessions. Um, I wonder if there'll be a fourth one, Michelle, soon. Oh, who knows? Let's mm. get our crystal ball out. <laughs> who knows? The, fourth, well, the, the, the third block we blew up. Um, half a million quid right. we blew it up 142 wow. flats I always hate blowing things up or knocking yeah. things down because I think it's a shame because yeah. most of my career has been refurbishing and, and converting um, and we built 60 odd flats on the site instead um, oh. but yeah that's um, that's just you know one of the one of the things I've done and the smallest deal I've done actually recently was um, a chapel I bought with my stepdaughter we paid 65,000 for it so 
I suppose unlike a lot of developers who have done big schemes like my wine, the wine rack in Ipswich, which was um, um, 26 million to, to develop it, um, I am happy to buy, in fact, I love buying uh, small deals. And, and I suppose that's the difference probably between myself and some of my other um, uh, property developers and investors that I know is that once they, once they go over a certain level, they don't want to go back down to smaller deals, which I'm delighted to do smaller deals. And that yeah. probably makes me slightly unique in the market. I was going to say, I was going to come to that because this seems like a, you know, um, an interesting comparison, this £65,000 chapel, um, because a lot of people listening, although it's uh, it's a bit mind blowing talking about, you know, huge hundreds of flats in one block, um, you know, it's hard for people to kind of relate to that um, as, as impressive as it is. So when we talk about this small chapel here, people, I think that's achievable for most people getting yeah. into property development. Um, so I've heard you talk about the actual, your, it's not so much the purchase price, but it's the margin that you're after. So whether that's a margin on a, uh, you know, a 65,000 pound price or 3 million, uh, it's the margin you look at rather than the price. Is that right? Yes. And you, and you don't, uh, and, and you can afford to make a mistake at 65,000. Yeah. You probably can't <laughs> afford to make a mistake at, that's true. at, at uh, 5, 10, 20, 30, 30 million or more. So um, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, it, it, I, I just think people, all it is, the only difference between 65,000 and 650,000 or, or 6.5 million, there's not a lot of difference, really. It, it's all relative. So, exactly. It's all relative. And the principles are the same. The principles are the same. So if you do step up and I do a seminar for advanced property developing and investing and, and I say in that, you know, actually, don't get don't don't get flummoxed if it were as it were by by the figures i don't worry about the figures um in terms of how big it is um i worry about i worry about the the, the level of profit in the deal for instance i'm just helping a, um, a very nice couple at the moment they're, they're doing a, a big scheme in london 80 million 80 million gdv um and i'm consulting on it with them and um that's 28 flats, but it's only 28 flats. <laughs> so, you know, if you had 28 flats in say, all due respect, Blackpool or somewhere, you might be talking about, you know, two, two and a half million or something. So it, it, it's, it's not the, I'm not worried about the figures, I'm worried about the deal. Right. But you, you know, you say there about the, um, at 65,000, you can uh, potentially afford to make a mistake at the higher end, you can't. So what's the difference in your due diligence? Because you you have to be you know, 100% tight on those yeah. figures. So, um, because there's a lot at stake. Um, Absolutely. I mean, one, my reputation, yeah. two, 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 the money I've made. And, and, and I think what, what people, you know, normally what happens, and it happens to us all. First of all, um, when you're young, you might take a few risks. Some come off, some might not. You make some money. But as you as you as you get more established, most people become more risk averse. Yes. Uh, and, and I'm no different to that. I don't want to lose what I've got. Yeah. It would be difficult. It would be embarrassing. And um, it, at my age, it might be hard to make back as well. So, <laughs> uh, you know, when you're younger, you just think, oh, well, you, you bounce. You know, it's like falling off a horse and I ride a bit. And, you know, if you fall off a horse when you're in your 20s, you bounce. 
you fall off a horse at my age, uh, you know, uh, odd, and, and other people like me, you tend not to bounce so much and you hurt yourself more. So it's similar to property, really. Um, so, but, but, but at the same time, you know, most of the time when I'm helping people, the first thing I say to them, de-risk the deal as much as possible. Yeah. De-risk the deal. People think that property uh, is all about risk. It's not. It's about de-risking. So right. that when you actually come to exchange contracts, you know, you've done your due diligence, you might have already sold sold part of it off, or you might have just, you might have got all the bill costs in. Um, so you know exactly what you're doing prior to buying it. Don't just, don't just agree to buy a property and sit back until you bought it. The work starts then and your due diligence and de-risking the deal is, is essential. Uh, and if you made a mistake having agreed to buy it, you know, don't just unfortunately say to the agent or whoever you're buying it, I'm sorry, I've made a mistake. It's not worth what I've, I've just agreed to pay. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Every agent will tell you it's the first time it's ever happened to them. And, oh, it's appalling. And uh, I can't believe you're doing this to us. They, ha they have it every day. So yeah. don't worry about that. Um, and, and I treat every deal the same. So the chapel at 65,000 gets the same treatment yeah. as uh, me consulting on an 80 million pound deal. Uh, in London or um, the deal we're trying to do in Scotland at the moment, it doesn't matter. It do, every, every deal gets the same effort. Um, every deal gets the same effort. And I think that's very important too. It's a very important message. Can I just dig into that a little bit about the mindset? Because for yep. a lot of people, even, the, even if they could do the same due diligence on both deals, uh, the fear of losing everything, you, you know, as you say, the more established you are, the more you've got to lose. So, um, you know, that kind of fear element and the mindset of going for yeah. something that's okay. much bigger where you're basically betting the ranch. If you're put, putting a personal guarantee down, you could yes. lose everything, whereas you're not going to do that on the chapel. So how do you... No, I, no I see that. I see that. First of all, I mean, a lot of these property educators who are knocking around, um, which some are very good, some absolutely appall me, and that's why we started um, the, the self-regulation body that I was one of the founder members of. I'm very passionate about good education. It doesn't need to cost a fortune. Um, but the one thing a lot of these um, ladies and guys peddle is, is a mindset. And they'll, they'll spend hours and hours on mindset. My view on mindset is if you haven't got the right mindset, don't bother turning up to one of my seminars because we don't mention it at all. Yeah. We haven't got time for like it. it. We've got far too much to talk about yeah. than we have about mindset. We're not trying to fill fill the day or fill the yeah. week, or whatever. So that's the first thing. I think. I think. I think, um, Michelle. What you know, property developing uh, is not for everyone. Yeah. And if you don't have that dealing type mindset, and if you worry about everything all the time yeah. and you you know anxiety then it probably isn't yeah. isn't for them and i think in that case you know a lot of people start off um buying property to rent out and have an income and that's fine yeah. and if that's that's their bag some people should just stick at that yeah. and yeah. do nothing else uh because it's it's less risky less rewarding potentially although the market over the last 20 years has been very kind on the whole to the, to every investor um but we have a number of people who start off like like that and want to push on and do more. And this is where 
you get people um, educators, oh, any educators saying anyone can do it. It's, for, you know, it's easy. It's not easy. I mean, I, I take the example of, and they'll hate me for saying it. I've got a um, farming country state agents business and we've got six officers now in North, in Norfolk. Very good officers, very good business. Turns over about two and a half, three million pounds a year. Very successful. I've handpicked virtually every one of those people who works in that business. There's 44 people who work in the business. Right. Not one of them would make a property developer. Not <laughs> right. one. Honestly, they yeah. wouldn't. They're very good at what they do. They're property professionals, but they're not property developers. And if you ask them to do it, they'd be useless at it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they ring me, so I've got a deal for you, John. You know, and I run around and look at it and it's no, it's just not a deal. They don't understand what a deal is, but they're brilliant at selling houses, brilliant at selling houses. So it really is horses for courses. And, you know, don't be bullied into thinking you've got to be a property developer because you're this, because you've been on these courses. The fact you've been on those courses, I mean, I get people on my seminars and sometimes I just take them to one side and say, look, are you sure you really want to do this? Because, you know, I'm not sure you're suited. You know, yeah. you're better off to invest the money with um, someone who is more suited yeah. uh, and, and be in partnership with them. You deal with the money, they deal with the deal, yeah. uh, but just make sure that it's tied up legally and correctly so that your money is safe. Please, please, nobody listening to this would be going out and giving money to educators who've asked for it because they've got a deal to do or anyone else without having it without having it you know, secure on a second charge or a personal guarantee or something. Yeah. It's so vital not to just give money to people. Um, and you hear some horror stories, especially at the moment on that side of things. Well, you make a few really good distinctions there. So thank you for that. Uh, I want to come back to what you were saying about you know, our crystal ball and how you've been through a few recessions and is, mm. is the next one coming. Um, you know, you're in a quite a unique position to to have seen trends over time and uh, I know that you're in the auction arena as well and 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 you know one of the barometers for the property market is that auction area so do you want to talk to us a bit more about where you think the market is at the moment where where are we at in that cycle certainly um you made some very good points there yourself Michelle so um first of all there's a reason why I've just arranged, I've just arranged for myself um, a 10 million revolving facility to buy an auction. Wow. And the reason for that is um, because I believe that I always, I, I, I believed at the start of the year that auctions will come into their own. At the moment, the market's too hot in auctions, um, but we have bought a few things after the auctions. Um, in more re- in, in the last year or so, but but I think going forward we'll find um, that auctions come into their own, and if you have got some some ability to buy an auction, and buying an auction so the issue of buying an auction is always the is always the valuation. I mean, I've got a facility where I don't need to get it valued, but I'm not suggesting everyone has got that ability to do that. But if you can buy an auction, it's a great way of a great way of buying at the right price. And when people say to me, I can't find any deals, I haven't got a lot of sympathy for them if they don't look at auction. Because there's 3,000, 3,500 properties a month put in auctions. Surely to God, there's a deal or two in that lot. It's just so, it's just working out the right one and making sure you know what you're doing and checking why it's in the auction. That's the biggest thing. Ask the question, why is it in the auction? 
There'll be a problem with it. If it's a problem you can solve, great. If it isn't, do not touch it. So you know, there's just so many mixed messages at the moment with people, you know, different opinions, I guess, is the yeah, right word. Sure. With, you know, with inf- inflation, we've got the demand mm. there. We, mm. Property market's still quite hot. Um, but at the same time, you know, how long can it last? So uh, you called the last one. <laughs> so when do you think the next thing yeah. off of the next um, one is? I, I, it, listen, everyone, everyone, everyone's, everyone um, has got an opinion and every and everyone's opinion is worth listening to at the moment, I would say, because um, I'm always on the cautious side and that might sound strange, but I'm, I'm always on the cautious side. And the one thing is, if you get it wrong, but you but you're cautious and you get it wrong, all you've done, you've still got your money. Yeah. If you're not cautious and you get it wrong you're in trouble so that's the first thing i would say so hedging your bets and being cautious when when the market is in turmoil and you don't know where where it's going is not a bad thing you know you don't get punished for it you do get punished if if you're blase about it and spends spend the money and the market goes down 30 percent and it, and it can happen. People say, oh, it never happened. It does happen. It happens every 15 to 20 years in property. So I'm not saying that's going to happen this time. And I, and I think with inflation, um, you know, under, under a Labour government, there's always more inflation. And with, with that, normally, it's been, that's been quite good for the property over the years you know most property investors have done quite well out of a labor government because of inflation now i think inflation this time is going to be out of totally out of control and i believe it's running at 20 odd percent not the six seven percent the government's saying on the basis that the things you buy every day have gone up 20 percent or will be doing including energy have gone up 100 percent and petrol and everything else so they're saying it's a short-term blip i don't i'm not sure it is um, the question is, what will happen with property? Will property go up with inflation where people are worried about their money in the bank because it's losing money every day because of inflation, they're only getting a small interest on it? Or will they decide to be cautious and hold on to that money and wait to see what happens? The, I think the banks have got a lot to do with this. So if the banks start, not, start reducing their borrowings to people and lending, lending less, then that will that will trigger um, a reduction in property values. Now, obviously, <laughs> banks are like sheep. So once one starts to reduce their, even if they just say, "Well, we we normally lend at seventy percent, but now what's happening around the world, we're going to lend at fifty percent." That that and that will be enough to put the jitters in the marketplace. Mm. Now, for some people, they'll be they'll be they'll be rubbing their hands. Yeah because it's an opportunity to get in and pay less money. You know, I, I, in my seminars, I ask the question, the question is this, what would the property market, how much would the property market go down in value if you couldn't borrow any money? Right. What do you reckon, Michelle? If you couldn't borrow, if there's no money, no one could borrow any money at all for say a year, two years, how much would the property market go down wow. percentage wise? Yeah, 50%. Uh, yeah, 40, 50. 40, 50%. In Ireland in 2009, that's exactly what happened. And it went down two thirds. Wow. Okay. But it went down two thirds uh, because it was hugely inflated. 
So if you take it that right. we're not as inflated, I, th I, th I agree with you. I think 50%. So how, so how does that affect yeah. what you're buying then? Because if your main strategy is flips at the moment, yeah. so if you're, um, you know, does that affect how you buy now? Well, I think it, I think everyone has to assess, assess what they are, what they are buying at the moment and what they're going to do with it. And as I said, at the start of this uh, interview, we said, you, you know, whatever you buy, you need options and the options are be able to sell it straight away. Right retain it if you have to trade it and um, refurbish it and trade it sell it so yeah. as long as you've got those options you're probably yeah. still okay yes the biggest problem you're going to have is the lack of lack of lending ability if yeah. the banks start getting tighter so if the banks are starting getting tighter that means that mm. there's other opportunities for people like you right well <laughs> talk, to us, about you, talk to us about your fund i don't want to i don't want to sound unkind but um <laughs> I did want to call it the vulture fund, but I was told that was that was vulgar and I shouldn't call it that. Um, uh, there was a vulture fund in the 1980s that someone brought out, one of these public funds, and it did, did very well when when, the, when 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 there was another recession. But yeah, so so you know, it's it's a it it, it, it you you pays your money and takes your choice at the moment. But I just think being cautious is not a bad thing, and I don't think I want to be in a deal that's going to take me three years. Yes, right, okay. You know, I think I think being fleet of foot, uh, someone described described uh, the, the sort of we buy a lot of part finished stock, um, receivership stuff, uh, um, and they said, yeah, you like being fleet of foot, don't you, John? And actually, that's quite, I think that's quite a good description. Yeah. Being fleet of foot is a in and out quite quick if you can. Um, and then you, at least you you know what you know you've got more of a chance if if you're in something, uh, if you're in a development and it's it's heavy going and you and you're developing it for a year year and a half and then you've got to try and sell them, who knows where we're going to be in a year and a half's time? Yeah, no, this is really useful advice for people who are not you know they're on the fence about what to do. So basically, have if in doubt, do not. Do That's not. A great start. Yeah, or have lots of exit strategies and get in. Yes, or a lot of exit yeah. strategies. I think that's right. And one of them, you know, if it if it washes its face at seven percent or something, if you rent them out, then actually, have you got too much of a problem? As long as the bank stick with you, or you can refinance. There always no. There's never no. There's never. I don't think there'll ever be in the UK a, a, a case where no banks will lend. Yeah. What they'll do, they'll just tighten up their security. So where they're lending 70%, they'll lend 60. Where they're lending 60, they'll lend 50. Um, I've got a bank only lends me 50%. So good, goodness knows what he's going to do. Old Jeremy, the managing director, <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do because he can't go less than 50% surely to God. He worries about crossing the road now. So, um, <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see. Okay, well, uh, let's come back to your fund and what you do with Property Elevator because they're quite similar as well. And, and obviously that's where we met yeah. a few years ago. It was, um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's such a great opportunity for people to uh, actually get uh, on the property ladder or get to the next stage of their journey with somebody like you for mentorship and um, and get their deals funded. So how does that work? Yeah, so I came up with so I came up with the idea of prop, the property elevator show, um, and I pitched it to prop, to Property TV, um, and uh, they liked it, and they said, "Okay, well, we're on the show together." Then I'm not sure how quite that worked, but anyway, we own it fifty. We own it fifty fifty, um, and we started off. We didn't really know what we were doing. You were on the first series, and I like to think you you think it's improved a hell of a lot since then. It was all it was all a bit. We got we turned up on turned up in the studio and. and 
we had Sam Izushi on there and, and um, Nicholas Warwick, who's still on it. And we did, none of us knew what the hell we were doing, really. <laughs> I just came up with this idea. And they said, well, how, what, you know, what should we do, John? What, what do we say? I said, oh, well, just see how it goes. Don't worry about it. It'll be right. And, um, and to be fair, it was okay. It was, it was, it was, it was all right. But, it, but every, every series we've, been, we've really improved. So we've got a pretty balanced team um, um, of, of angels, really, now. We've got Helen Chorley, who's super bright, Oxford, first from Oxford. She's great. And Property Sisters, I'm a big fan of Property Sisters. And you'll remember that probably as well. It's great. It's great. We need more women in property. And I think that's great. Um, we've got Nicholas Warwork, who's super bright, talks too much, but super, super bright. Uh, does lo loads of interesting deals and, and, and sort of looks at things um, from a different angle to the rest of us. And he's caught me out on this last series we filmed last week. He's caught me out a few times and he's beaten me to him and I'm really cross with him. But there we go. He's good friends. So I mustn't be too cross. And then we've got Ranjan, of course, who's PD Barmy, permissive development <laughs> Barmy. Can't talk about anything else, um, but he's, he's, he's probably the UK expert on it, to be fair to him, I have to admit. Um, Paul Mahoney, who always looks like he should be, he's just come off the set of Australian Love Island, in my view. <laughs> um, he's, he's very bright as well, and also an entrepreneur, so he's just not property. He looks at things a little bit differently because he's not just property. I mean, he's got a very impressive, um, Nova Financial is a very impressive business he runs, but he, he looks at things slightly differently. Um, so, you know, there's a real mixture there and, and what uh, people bring a deal to us and the idea is that we have to fund it 100%. And, and what people don't quite appreciate probably is we only get the information, the, the rules of the game, are we only get the information five minutes before the person comes in. So we we have the whole point of the, the fun of the game, if you like, is we have to make a quick decision as to whether we're not having spent 15 minutes, 20 minutes talking to them and asking questions, whether or not we want to fund the deal or not. Um, and, and what I did last year, I sold, I bought the share, my the other half of the company off um, Property TV and the angels um, bought the shares off me. So, so we all own, we all own it together now. Okay. So I think going forward, that's a more balanced view. They left me as chairman, which is nice of them, <laughs> probably because I'm the oldest. <laughs> so uh, if so, somebody comes along, OK, you've got 15 minutes to assess whether it's yeah. a great deal and whether they are investable as a person as well. Yes. But let's say they tick all the boxes and yes. they go ahead. Um, you know, do you how does the funding work? And, um, you know, is each deal different or? Yeah, is it so 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 basically that the, the, the principle of the show is that is that. Um, hopefully more than one person wants to wants to invest into your deal right. so uh, you can either ask them if they'd share the deal the, the angels will share the deal and everyone knows i don't share so <laughs> everyone asking me to share but the others do share they like they love diluting what they're going to make i don't like diluting what i'm going to make um, um, and then they, they make an offer so i if i if i like the deal i might say well i'll i'll share the deal with you i'll pay for everything put all the funds up and I'll share the deal 50-50 with you um, and, you know, mention you through the deal. And then I'll put all the money up and share the profit 50-50 with you. You know, Ranjan might come up and say, oh, well, um, I'll give you 55% of the deal and I'll take 45% because I want to meet, beat John and I think it's a really good deal. Mm -hmm. And then someone else, Nicholas, might say, well, I'll give you, you know, 60% of the deal. And then they have to go and make a choice within a couple of minutes who they want to work with. Um, I don't I never go above 50 percent um, most of the time it's less than that to be honest with you I might offer them 35 percent 30 percent 40 percent Nicholas tends to be more generous Helen is very very tight 
very tight on figures. So if Helen offers you, and she and this last series she, she offered on a few right. um, deals, then they must you must be very good, and the deal must be very good. So right. that's complimentary, very complimentary. Yes, yeah. um, Nicholas will help people more, will be more hands on and help people more. Paul's a bit of a mixture between Helen and um, Nicholas, really. And Ranjan's well, Ranjan's Ranjan. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, do you know what? It's a fantastic opportunity, and I encourage anybody who's got a deal that they think might. And just so sure. people, for anyone who's listening, is there a minimum, uh, you know, purchase price for? No, not really. Um, it, everything's up for grabs, uh, and if they go to Property Elevator TV, our next filming is, uh, I think. We're filming on the 6th, 7th and 8th of uh, September. That's series five. Um, so we do, still... we're doing two. Yeah, we're doing two series a year and now and also a live event. So a live event in October, which is a conference type event. It won't be expensive to to um, come to. And we'll have a we'll have a live um, we'll have a live show um as well as um, as all, we'll all individually be speaking on the day and we'll have other guest speakers as well. So it'll be a really good day. And that's going to be October time. We're just getting ourselves organised. Probably it'll be a venue that holds about 200, I expect. Um, that'll be good fun. Um, so that's good. And then, of course, I've got the property graduate, which uh, we film in May. So applications are, in, are coming in thick and fast for that one. We take the top 20 uh, the producer chooses the top 20. Uh, and, and that's what I would say about the elevator as well. Don't forget, it's not us choosing who's going to be on the show. Right. The producer chooses who's going to be on the show. We don't know. We might know them when they walk in the door. Yeah. Ranjan seems to know them all. But I mean, <laughs> uh, they've all been on one of his excellent courses or something. But we don't know who they are beforehand because it would be unfair if we did. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so what we'll do, we'll put the links into the uh, show. Yeah, thank you. You can sign up for that. Um, and I guess just to wrap up then, you're, you know, you've been doing a few of these seminars. Uh, you clearly don't need to do the seminars, you know, as a sort of income generating, <laughs> um, you know, event, but, why, um, you know, what is it that you love about the seminars? And because, uh, you know, I can see that you're quite passionate about them. Um, and yeah, why do you enjoy them so much? Well, I started doing one or two of them and, and I found that someone said, look, you should do what you should do a seminar, John. So I started a seminar. Make, uh, my first one uh, is called Making Property Work For You. And that's ideal for people who are just getting going in property and want to crack on and, do, you know, want, want to want to. They've perhaps got one or two properties or about to buy a property and, and want some help and so on. And But that's people still don't think that's a very basic seminar. That's that's really for people who do want to you are sort of serious about about the business. Um, and then I've added uh, auctions because obviously I buy and sell auction a lot and I've got a book on it. And then I've, I've then I went to the advanced one for people who want to push on and do bigger deals. Uh, and now I'm adding the commercial one to it. So um, I really like, I really enjoy meeting people um, and I find them very easy to do. You know, I speak for seven hours at these events all day. I could speak for 14 hours to people on the subject, to be honest with you. So um, I don't find that, I, I don't find it difficult to do. Um, I talk about my experiences and what I got right and what I got wrong uh, and give example, live examples, which I think is really important of, of how, how things have worked out and what to be, what to be cautious, what to be careful of. Um, and obviously, we, I've also got this uh, uh, the joint venture fund where we invest in other people's deals 
uh, anyway. So, you know, it, it, it's quite handy for people, uh, useful to get to know each other quite well. Um, and these seminars are one way of knowing what they want to do and what I want to do. So I think that that's a good start to a relationship as well, to spend all day with someone. It's like four dates in one, Michelle. <laughs> Come in. Speed dating. <laughs> Speed dating, yeah. <laughs> that's great well um again we'll put links into those and uh, hopefully we've got some seminars on the go in the northwest coming up uh, later in the year uh, and i know that you've got some booked in already so uh, for anyone who's listening who's interested in that just uh you know we'll put the link in the show notes to that one as well but you can find that on your website i know places are limited to a maximum of 15 people uh, per day so you know we're not yeah. talking huge hundreds of people crammed into a room here uh, it's very personal and you know it's an opportunity to really get to know you and uh and you know get some really great quality education so uh encourage people to look into that some more and watch out for the ones in chester yeah yeah absolutely chester love chester lovely city um i might even my 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 two stepdaughters organize these now for me and tell me where i'm going (laughs) and i'm going to try and persuade them to let me stay in that very nice hotel in the middle of chester uh, the really nice one um the the form recently hasn't been that good to be fair and they've put me in somewhere no. less less attractive so <laughs> i shall make sure the chester one that i'm in that really smart hotel and yeah you're somewhere. not stuck in an airbnb on the outside hey <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah well they're not staying there so they don't care you see yeah, yeah. so um, but anyway there we go yeah that'd be good fun looking forward to it yeah absolutely well um we look forward to uh following what you're up to in the future and um having you back on at some point so super i'll be so delighted i'll be delighted to delighted to thank you so much for your time today john um, it's a pleasure michelle take care thank you bye-bye bye-bye for anyone who is not yet a subscriber to the magazine please click the link in the show notes for your free 30-day trial we'll see you next time guys Bye.